welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Things we now definitively know in life. Mel is so much cooler than you. Oh, wait, like way cooler. <laughs> And funnier, which that that's the part I hate about her the most is how much funnier she is. I don't appreciate it. I'm not kidding. I don't like it. That's rude. It's exceptionally rude. And like I'm interested, like she's she meets people in my life over the course of time, and they're all like, "Oh man, wow, Mel's great." I'm like, "Yeah, she's she's pretty cool." They're like, "No, no, she's seriously funny." I'm like, "Yeah, all right, we get it." And like people will text me who I haven't talked to in years. They're like, "Oh man, Mel's hysterical." I'm like, "All right, stop. We get it. She's awesome. We get it." Cool, whatever. And she's also fancier than you. She's way fancy. Yeah, picky, picky up fancier. She, uh, uh, I just got back from my my trip in New York, and um, we f- actually drove to Buffalo and then flew out from Buffalo just to make things easier. And so Buffalo to New York is like this. Pretty much, they put you in like a paper uh, tube roll and just kind of toss you a tuna can with wings. Yeah, and so those flights don't matter. It doesn't matter where you sit. It's like a forty-five minute flight. And uh, oh, I have another rant to come off of this in just a second. So on did the way back, th- did I hear that one before the episode? No. Okay. Uh, and so they pretty much stick you in this and they slingshot you like forty feet, and then you're in New York City. And uh, the way there was fine. We sat at the very back of the plane. It didn't matter because obviously. And on the way back, um, I saw we were flying Delta, and I saw on the app it was like we're, you're sitting like seventeen rows back. The plane's like twenty rows deep so i was like oh that's a little better and then it's like your your seats have been changed i'm like oh okay and we moved up to row nine i'm like oh that's way nicer we'll board sooner and get off sooner and then it's like your seats have been changed and i checked again and i was in row seven i'm like ooh, that's like comfort plus a bigger seat nicer headrest a little bit more leg room i was like that's nice just scroll over to mel's ticket and it's like uh 1d with like circled in gold and i'm like she's she's sitting first class (laughs) She got bumped up to first class, and I'm in here in comfort plus like a fucking pleb. <laughs> and she's laughing hysterically. We, it's We all were, Ryan. And so she's, like, allowed to board before, like, babies, mothers, military, veteran. Like, she's boarding before everyone else. She's on before the pilots, essentially. They let her fly the plane. They come out. They offer her, like, whatever snack she wants in the world. They, like, run to the grocery store across the street to get her what she wants. I asked her. I was texting her. I was like, what drink did you get? She goes, I didn't. I panicked. I'm like, are you kidding me? You get this opportunity once in your life. And she didn't get a drink. They hung up her coat for her. And I was, like, sitting on mine. And I get back there. I was like, hi, excuse me. Can I have it? They're like, no, not for you. Mel only. Mel, yeah. It was, uh. She she immediately seized the day and started posting hysterical Instagram stories, and I did not. <laughs> no, that was uh, it pretty much ruined my whole trip. I had a miserable time. Yeah, but the fact she didn't comp on the free drinks, like, yeah, see, hurts a little bit. It's because she's a you know, it's because she's a communist. That's why <laughs> the commies don't know how to do anything right. Uh, I only I've only ever been flown first class once in my life, but I had the benefit of it was Toronto to L.A., so it was a solid five hour oh, that's flight. A beautiful. Yeah, and it was going to a work trip and I had to behave and everything. And I'm not going to lie. I was very buzzed when I got off that Mm -hmm. plane. It's the only way to do it. (laughs) It's honestly the only way to do it. Um, If you, this is my, my small rant and I tweeted this, but it's important. It's gen out of anything that I've ever put out into the world. This is what I care about the most. Make this my epitaph, you know, play this at my funeral. I don't care, but just make sure everyone knows it. If you are on a flight, of a duration of an hour or less 
and you recline your seat even a millimeter, you are a trash human being. Garbage, irredeemable, don't apologize, it's pointless, you are never coming back from that. You are absolute scum of the earth. And if you're thinking, (laughs) oh man, I've done that, I'm never going to say it because now I'm embarrassed. You should be embarrassed. Shame on you. Don't, why? Why? There's no, there's nothing to be gained from it. Nothing. Each way, each way I went, someone reclined in just like the smallest inch because like, oh yeah, this makes it so much better. And then all of a sudden my knees are in my throat and all the stuff that was in my backpack broke. Like a, all I had in my backpack was like clothes, but somehow even those shattered like they were Pringles. <laughs> stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. And if you've done it, you're wrong. There's no coming back. So you pretty much might, might as well just like, who, uh, who is in exile? Kane. Kane. Just go wander the desert for the rest of your life. There's nothing coming back from that. You're what? 5'10? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why do you ask? <laughs> Moving on. 6'2, you mean? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I do that a lot at work when people are like, how tall are you? I'm like, oh, 6'2. And they're like, really? And I look at myself. I'm like, no, not really. You got to do better. <laughs> it's a tough world out there. You're not going to survive like that. You, no, I'm not 6'2. <laughs> Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Uh, returning, I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. Evan had a good stint, <laughs> which you were all <laughs> very excited about. And uh, he, he talked for like 25% of an episode. Oh, You'll man. You'll never see that again. <laughs> so I actually didn't even listen to the whole episode. I haven't had the chance, uh, but I listened to the opening and it was, I was laughing hysterically on the subway. Um, and... Uh, from all the feedback we got, Evan seemed to be a hit. And it's like people rediscovered their love for Evan. And I was like, oh man, like maybe the show dynamic's going to change and Evan's going to be here and like he's tasted blood and now he's going to be it. And anyways, Evan's not here right now. <laughs> he might be. We're not fully sure. Um, so I we, don't even remember what the opening was the last episode now. Uh, yo, you guys were talking about how I became, when I became the dad of this. Or, 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 Evan had the yeah. line, Ryan, Ra- uh, Ryan read me the riot act. <laughs> and I spit out my drink. <laughs> Forgot about because that. I did. He wasn't lying. I had like... <laughs> like he re- That line, Evan, please don't say anything that I have to edit out. <laughs> I'm well, begging did, you. Did you keep listening to the part where we, we start saying, well, this is going to be posted before he gets back, so he's yeah. editing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Oh. So we, uh, the Red Wings actually had the courtesy to not do much up until um, that after that episode, so we have a lot to cover today. Um, first of all, the Red Wings are on somewhat of a, a win streak. Two, but for the Red Wings season, that might as well be eight. Technically a streak. Uh, Jimmy Howard signed a new contract today. Uh, more news about uh, Jeff Blashill. Um, we'll talk about the two uh, new Red Wings rookies who have seen ice time, and then some uh, terrible injury updates. Pretty much, I don't know who's left to play for Detroit. Hirose might be the, <laughs> the next captain at this rate. I'm waiting for my call. Uh, someone tweeted, they're like, Ryan, can you play defense tonight? I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to be exposed like that. I talk a big game <laughs> for someone who would not cut it. At the NHL level. See, the thing is, though, I we both shoot right, and I, I'd happily play defense if they asked me to. Oh yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be good at it. Like I've, I, I haven't seen my own zone in a hockey game in probably about six years. But <laughs> <laughs> that is the most self-aware thing I've ever heard you say in my entire life. But, but for the Red Wings, they need a right shot defenseman. I got them. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about some some good stuff, which is. Spoilers, just Athens is close to 30 goals. That's the whole segment. There you go. Welcome. That was, that's been this episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Tuning in. Oh, uh, I guess they'll have heard 
Oh yeah, the new yeah. intro and outro now. Uh, oh, do we have a guest? Oh, I thought we had a guest. No, uh, <laughs> Mika might be on her way down. I don't know. So you guys will have heard the uh, the new uh, intro for this uh, uh, podcast, and there's also an outro coming. Um, we that's something that we've been kind of working on for a while. Uh, we've been toying with it because we know how much you love our current uh, stuff, but the reality is we had to make something that was ours. Um, <laughs> in the future, I would love it if Kenny or Mick could do a, a custom intro for us and, you know, pie in the sky, maybe someday. But for now, we had to do something that was, you know, by the Winged Wheel podcast, for the Winged Wheel podcast. Um, the voiceover artist who did it was phenomenal to work with, so we hope you guys like it. Um, and uh, we'll talk about it again later at the end of the episode, but the outro will save me a lot of breath because uh, she does a lot of the hard work for us. Yeah, so Ryan's little spiel at the end of the podcast is now dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I still have to thank like, our uh, name-level sponsors, but besides that, yeah, that's oh, it. we can finally <gasps> breathe. Yeah. Uh, but no, we're actually really excited about it. We know it's a, it's a change that a lot of you were hoping uh, wouldn't happen because of what we had, but... We fear change! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, other other things in this episode... Um, yeah, I guess the Blashell contract might be a big one. And then we're going to just talk about, you know, the draft lottery, some projections, standings, etc. Quick hits, and we'll get into to overtime. I don't want to talk about the standings anymore. Yeah, well, just saddens me. New Jersey, can you win some games, please? Mm, nope. LA, you don't. Mm. Yeah, they're, uh, where are the Red Wings sitting right now? Third last. Well, still, I would have thought it would, be, would have been as high as four. No, the, the bottom four have really separated themselves, so I don't think there's Detroit, any risk of Detroit going out of that class, but they've picked up some significant ground on New Jersey over the last few days. Mm. So they're only one point behind uh, New Jersey now, I think, with the game in hand. Not that they'll win it, but... And uh, they've, I think, separated themselves from L.A., so... That's good. No, they're ahead of L.A. Whoa, separated themselves from L.A. Like I think they're two, two or three points ahead of them now, at least. Oh, that's not separation. Not like in that part of the standings, it is. Let me see stats. Standings. You expect L.A. to make up two or four points on anybody at this point in the season? League-wide standings. Ah, maybe we should do this part later. Yeah, whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, four points. <laughs> but L.A. has a game in hand. Nine games. Ah. Yeah, they're not winning it. Games in hand don't matter when you suck. If L.A., if second last and it's not Detroit wins the draft lottery, I will cry terrible, terrible tears. Um, we'll, we'll talk first about Detroit's uh, previous game. So uh, they've won two in a row now against the new, both New York teams. So I was in New York from Friday to Friday morning to Monday night. Uh, Friday, New York played in Detroit, and Tuesday, Detroit played in New York. <laughs> like, you're kidding, right? No way game for you. No. Sucker. Uh, so Detroit won both those uh, games by one goal. Actually, I have you beat on one to make it worse. This was uh, four or five years ago. I was in two parts of California for uh, a work trip. Mm-hmm. One was near Anaheim. Uh, the other was near L.A. And I was there while Detroit was on the West Coast trip. They were going through California. When I was in Anaheim, they were in L.A. When I was near L.A., they were in Anaheim. You got to plan that better. I was so angry. Yeah, you gotta plan that better. I didn't plan it. It was based around uh, when the manufacturer meetings were. But I was, I was so angry. Yeah, I'm like, come on. The odds of me being in California at the same time the Red Wings are, and I couldn't get to either. Uh, anyways, oh man, um, I tweeted out just like a rant, like a throwaway tweet from the podcast account because Zach Boychuk followed us, like he follows everyone. Um, 
just saying, well, someone's trying to be a guest on the show, like very obviously tongue in cheek. And the staggering amount of replies explaining the Zach Boychuk thing. We get it. We know it's yeah, a bot. We, that's yeah, we know. <laughs> we know. Thank he you. He unfollowed every like a million people and then refollowed them all. Um, he was like Thanos. And then have you seen Avengers? Have I seen Avengers? Yeah. Infin- like Infinity War? He was like uh, he was like Thanos, but with uh, two gauntlets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Snapped one and went, oh. But I mean, I know, for those of you who are like, that's not how halves work, Ryan. I know, nerds. Shut up. Uh, well, if you keep going enough. It'll never reach. He just snapped like 117 times so that it was just like barely anybody left. Hmm. <laughs> the, uh, the Red Wings won both games. Um, we already talked about the Islanders game. You weren't here, Ryan. In, uh, well, the New York game was a snooze fest. I know because I slept through it. <laughs> I was exhausted. Hey, Athens, you scored two, and Hiroshi got his first NHL point. Yeah. So, uh, things that need to happen when Detroit actually wins a game. Hiroshi's, uh, it was like a, it was a fine assist. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Him and Kuffner, they, uh, I would say Hiroshi looked more noticeable than Kuffner did, but neither of them looked very noticeable in their two games. So, they, but they, they looked exactly as you expect them to look. Yeah, they look like guys who had were playing college hockey a week ago. Yeah, and who are getting a short tryout in the NHL before yeah. being relegated to the Brian Lashoff treatment at best over the course of their careers. Yeah, I think I, I'm optimistic that more so in Hiroshi that he might actually end up being like a, a decent third liner in the NHL. He's got that potential. Not holding my breath. Most of the night, what is it, the ratio? Like 80% of these college free agents don't ever become NHL regulars. So, yeah. Like Danny DeCazer is the exception to the rule, not the norm. So, uh, remaining schedule uh, for the Red Wings um, they have St. Louis on Thursday and then Vegas on Saturday before our next podcast, San Jose thereafter on Monday. Um, God, you know what? They're going to come out of that with at least a oh, two, two wins. Yeah. Two wins at least. It's the. It, Annually, they do this. Uh, let's talk first about the uh, the contract that we're thrilled about. And I am going to. This is this is my yes. Thank you. Definitely, Ken Hall, and listens to this show, <laughs> and he'll listen to what I was saying because we were having the the Howard debate a long time ago when we were talking, and you were like, "I would be, you very correctly in my mind established here's what a starting goaltender will cost you um, in the league. And you said Howard will have to be extended for something similar to what he's making now. Maybe even a small pay raise if it's a shorter term. Yeah, I was I was guessing probably five and a half for two years. And I was like, I would not prefer to pay him more than three and a half to four for a year if he comes back, because I don't think he should. Yes, and I would also like Dylan Larkin to make one and a half million dollars a year for eight years. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, I, I fought tooth and nail with you for those episodes, and then I was like, no, he's right. Like, you just don't – for a starting goalie, and Howard has had a phenomenal season before the break of just, like, anybody who gets battered that much over the course of the season will slow down. He's an all-star goalie. Yeah. Well, this year he's going to have some PTSD because he's seen more rubber than a tire factory. But. Yeah. Um, and so by the time the all-star game rolled around, I was like, yeah, no, I was being pie in the sky. Lo and behold, Jimmy Howard signs a one-year contract for $4 million, no trade protection. Oh, music in my ears. And the only bonus is uh, it goes up to $5.1 million if the Red Wings make the playoffs, essentially. <laughs> so $4 million. So a $4 million deal <laughs> with no trade protection. Ken Holland. <laughs> Ken Holland is one severe goalie injury, injury away from looking like 
a genius in this scenario. Honestly, like he's that again, nothing is earth shattering here. What all he did was stave off. Ooh, I think we have a guest. Either Mika's put on some weight or Evan's coming down the stairs. I don't know, man. Mika's getting bigger every every single day. No, nope, it's Oh, he turned, <laughs> we couldn't keep him away. The taste of blood was too good. Yeah. What up? What up? Oh, that was one of your more subtle entrances. What are you guys talking about? Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Howard's contract. Oh, good for Jimmy, eh? Yeah, good for him. You know good, what? Good for the team. Great. That was team friendly. Again, nothing earth shattering. All all Holland did was stave off like a goaltender situation that wasn't going to solve itself, especially for a team that really does not need to be focusing on, you know, a competent goaltender right now or like a superstar goaltender. They have their, their goalie set out for at least the next year. And if nothing comes up, I'm sure Howard will do it again the year after. With no trade protection, that also leaves Holland open to trade him at the deadline next year. Yeah. If Tampa. there's a market for it. Andre Vasilevsky goes down. Season-ending surgery mid-February. Huh? Louis- hey, Tampa, here's a shiny new Jimmy Howard for you for the low, low price of a late first. Louis Deming on his tiny motorcycle will be their starting goalie. Don't be silly. <laughs> did you see that clip? I did see that. Yeah. What a jerk. Yeah, what a jerk. Such a jerk. What a bunch of jerk. Um, that was... Wrong state, guys. <laughs> that was a perfect contract. Again, yeah, significance, low, but very, very nice to see that from Ken Holland. All the credit to him. Credit to Jimmy. To want to stay in a place and then take that deal means that he understands the reality of the game and was willing to do what he had to do to sign with the team. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That was nice. It's nice to it's nice to be right. And with how casual everything's been, like, ah, we don't need to extend him before the deadline. It'll get done when it gets done. And then the news kind of like softly broke, like, yeah, there's still some language to be worked out, but it's it's basically done. It Jimmy's just going year to year until he doesn't want to be here anymore. Like Blitzstrom kind of did at the end of his career where he was just signing one year contracts. You know, I'm I'm impressed that Jimmy still wants to be here. For the beating that he's taken. If this was like uh, Toronto, where they treat their best players with the worst of abuse, I would not be surprised if he was happy to be out. But Red Wings fans really do treasure Jimmy Howard and all that he has to go through. Even delusional Red Wings fans who think that, like, you know, Abdul Kader and Erickson are like the core of this team still know that Jimmy Howard has taken such a beating. There's there's fans who, who hated this contract. And I'm no what how what no it is easy, like again understanding the small significance of it easily the most perfect contract I've ever seen signed by Ken Holland <laughs> since we've started this show I can't think of a better like they're not tight to the cap so and it's only one year with no trade protection they have a lot of opt outs here yep. And if everything goes completely sideways. And if you think, oh, 5.1 million is not worth it. Well, I mean, if the Red Wings make the playoffs, then yeah, it is. man. Because it'll be on his back, let me tell you. If the Detroit Red Wings make the playoffs next year, I will happily pay him the extra $1.1 million because that will be one magical ride based on where expectations are next year. Uh, Evan. Yes. How is it without me, man? Uh, Better or worse? It's more exhilarating because we're way less structured. We just let things fly. I <laughs> thought of things. We just talked about them. Uh, was that what it, I, I was telling Brad? I we had a had loose a structure. I, our, our our transitions were pretty seamless, actually. Yeah, we just talked about whatever the hell we could think of. You want to do that today? 
I don't even know what we're talking about. So. No, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, we're the mild there. racism didn't come into the 35 minute mark. Yeah, because so we you, knew you wouldn't listen. You know, that I want to listen that deep. Yeah, got it, got it, got it, got it. Cool, 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 cool. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, so Jimmy Howard, I would love to go into that, but that's the thing with uh, good hockey news is that it's kind of meatless. We wish this was more of a meatless podcast, but here we are. <laughs> um, a lot of injury news. Uh, first and foremost, and this this one really um, sucks. Uh, Jacob Delarose. Uh, suffered a, a, some kind of cardiac episode. They said he had an elevated heart rate during the game, like to a concern. And an NHL player's heart rate is supposed to be really high during a game, so I want to know how high that was. That yeah, um, obviously something to be concerned with. And you know the Red Wings, what with their history with Yuri Fisher, um, and then other players around their league, like uh, it was Vernon Fiddler, right, on Dallas, Rich Peverly, Rich Peverly. That's what it was. Yep. Um, it's nothing to be taken lightly. Um, they're talking he might come back still. Yeah, to my understanding, it's kind of fuzzy, but I haven't seen any like uh, doom he, and gloom about it. He's not going to be on the road trip, but they're not ruling out him playing after that. Even if he is given a clean bill of health, this is his heart. This season's over. There's eight games left. Yeah, Sit like, the man. Don't even risk it. Is, or there's 10 games left or whatever. It's just, is this his second one? Did I hear that correctly? The second one over the course of his career? I think I heard that too. Uh, yeah, it's kind of scary. In any case, I, I do hope he's just kind of rested. I like Jacob. I like Jacob DeLaRose a lot. Um, again, like, no first liner from when he's put on the first line, but I think he's been fine in the role that him and N have played this year. He had a hell of an assist in the in yesterday's game to yeah. Athens to you on the two-on-one. I mean, DeLaRose doesn't show that type of offensive upside more than a couple times a year, but hey, you know what? If he's like a... Fourth liner that's there to kill penalties and skate like the wind? Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, him and N on the same team seem a little redundant, but for his sake, I hope he just feels better. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to know where those guys fit in on a competitive team, you only need one of those guys. Yeah. You shouldn't have to have more than one to fill out the team that should otherwise be filled with talent. Well, because they also have Luke Lendening, but he's busy on the second line at the moment. Mm. Although lots of those guys. To be fair, Kind of fair right now because uh, the list of Red Wings who are out for the year are maybe De La Rose, uh, Mike Green, Trevor Daly, uh, as was announced tonight, and Justin Ablocator, I believe. Shulak, who was called up on an emergency basis, won't be playing because he's sick. <laughs> and Jonathan Erickson is doubtful for Saturday, probable for Monday. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you're cheering for the tank, now is the time. Well, I, I, yeah. Okay. I have one point I need to make, too. Um, a team that featured a defensive pairing of Luke Witkowski and Brian Lashoff just beat two NHL teams, so I believe the rules are those two NHL teams have to fold their franchise. Now. Oh, they actually just amalgamate into one NHL team. The good news is that they don't have to go far. And the extra good news is the Islanders now have an arena. <laughs> <laughs> that actually solves a lot of problems. It does, yeah. You're welcome, city of New York. Sorry, Long Island. So what what, what would the team name be then? Um, Do they the Manhattan them? Islanders? Come on, that's not bad. The Manhattan Islanders. That's not bad at all. At one point during my trip, I looked up and I went, "Oh yeah, I guess Madison Square Madison Square Garden is right there." I had not planned to see it at all. I did not. Oh, oh yeah, everything in Midtown New York's like right there. You will see it all. Uh, the NHL store. I was I was warned. On Twitter to not go see it. And I hadn't played. I, I read all the advice and I was like, yeah, well, yeah, we won't go to it. It's worthless. And uh, then I was like, we, we got out of going to see Hamilton on Broadway and then we had some time to kill. Um, and then Mel was like, the NHL store is right there. Do you want to just go pop in while we figure out what we're doing next? I'm like, yeah, okay. Garbage. Like, 
I'm it's a store. What were you expecting, just so I'm clear? Uh, interactive fan anything. A bigger displays. Stuff to draw people, like tourists, into like the sport, the like NHL. You can do more with it. Got you. Find me, like... I don't know. Think of when the uh, if you live in a city that where the Super Bowl has come, like think of all the stuff they put up, right? Like the interactive fan experience. You can have something there. Have like it's the weekend. Have like uh, alumni or people there, like to to draw. Anyways, um, they had a rack of All Star Game jerseys, and Howard wasn't there. Um, Probably sold out. Well, that's what I said, and then I, I asked the attendant who was just following us, asking, "Who's your favorite team? Who's your favorite team?" And I was like, "I'm tired. I don't want to." It's like when you go in the Mandarin, and they're like, "Welcome to the Mandarin." And you're like, "I've been in here for 45 minutes, and you've said it to me three times. <laughs> Can I please eat?" Like, "Welcome to the Mandarin. Like, this is the bathroom. I've already been here, <laughs> sir. This is a Denny's." Um, and I was like, uh, "Any Jimmy Howard Red Wings jerseys?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, we actually never even stocked them." Wow. <laughs> what kind of prejudice BS is I This is why we beat you on Tuesday New York. I was like, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, that's completely fair. <laughs> but I was actually pretty devastated. Wasn't impressed with the NHL store. Uh, she was a Leafs fan, the person working there, and she told me. And then she's like, I think the Leafs' biggest problem right now is they don't have a good backup goalie. I'm like, yeah, for sure. Garrett Sparks is their issue. Let's lean on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's funny how, how Leafs fandom... Uh, and, it's, and it's funny how different of an experience we had at the NHL store because I was there in December of 2013, three weeks before the outdoor game at the Big House. So that entire building was decked out in Leafs and Red Wings stuff. Oh, see, that's actually really cool. So I got, I've still got a Red Wings t-shirt that I wear somewhat frequently that I got that day. Oh, I've seen you wear it. Yeah. You know, and the old Red Wings logo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was cool. I, I got to feel like this is my place. All you other plebe teams can just leave. I want to grab, I saw those jerseys in person. And if there is one at the LCA when we go, that's uh at their end of season. The Black All Star one? Yeah, I'm, I'm grabbing that for sure. I'm, grab, I'm grabbing a white. I don't know who yet. I need a, a, a updated white jersey because those are the only two ones I own. Well, it's going to be Hiroshi at this point. <laughs> so I'll get Hiroshi. You can have the Howard All Star. Evans getting the updated Steve Ott. I'm buying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, speak with my dollar. Yeah, well. It's the guy who's going to the game on the that's $80 That's dollar. <laughs> um,. <laughs> The uh, the news that broke about an hour before we started recording, <coughs> other than the Howard news no, and the not Daily talking news, about it. is uh, nope. Bob McKenzie said on air nope. that he expects Jeff Blashill's extension to be <clears throat> confirmed within the next couple of days. No, well that's not good. I'm going to Nashville. I won't have read a, I won't have access to Facebook to to begin my Twitter tirade. Evan, I will home? pay for your data if that's what it takes. Oh, I have data. Like I do have Rome like home, but if I'm on a bachelor party trip i'm not going yeah. so drunk evan replying to facebook commenters i will just out oh, no pay you an hourly wage <laughs> I, to do this i'm not doing it i'll, I'll we'll be pay so for your drinks full of barbecue it won't even happen oh yeah so it's uh i i tweeted that i'm gonna save my breath for this until it happens because and i won't be accepting it to be reality until it does <laughs> um i can come around on a lot of things there's a version of me that might even accept Ken Holland, a Ken Holland extension. Not a likely version, but, you know, I would have that conversation. This one doesn't make sense. Not at all. This one screams the Chirelli, the late Chirelli moves that he made and that they let him make. It also kind of horrifies me because it screams the organization's letting him do this, Holland extend Blash Hill, 
which means that Holland is in the long-term plans, which I, <laughs> I know you guys just had an episode that you titled the Iser plan. It's our fault. But the Iser plan did not involve Steve Eisenman coming in as the GM. And it was as president of hockey ops or something like that. Yeah. As uh, Elliot Friedman on 31 thoughts predicted. I don't know. I, I, I completely understand that. And you know, Pat Verbeek has done a lot of great work and was a huge part of that success in Tampa for sure. Um, and that's a version of the Red Wings that I would still love to see. You know, if you said it's that plan or nothing, I would be like, Oh man, that plan a hundred times out of 10. But I still self- selfishly want it to be Iserman in the GM role. And then if after some time he wants to take a reduced role as president of hockey ops, then reduce as in the amount of times, like hours he has to be at the rink, then sure. Um, yeah, I'm not prepared to forego the opportunity of even speaking to Eisenman as of July 1st. I, I don't, I don't know what's happening internally. No one knows what's happening internally with the Red Wings organization. Um, Joe Smith of the athletic, he, and he's a Tampa Bay writer actually had a great article, um, on the athletic uh, about the Eisenman situation and how much he loves being an advisor and how much this produced role has allowed him to see his family more um, worth a read. Um, he really drove home how no one knows how Eisenman's thinking. So we've all been speaking in, you know, declarations and everything. And the reality is anything can happen at this point. And, you know, to add that uncertainty, when I read that article at lunch today, and then this uncertainty of Holland is extending Blashill. Contrary to three more years, let's go. So many things, and you just know it's going to be like two years, dude. dude I will be happy with two years. I'm knowing that it's coming. I'm not happy with any extension, man. I'm worried this is going to be three or four years. I can legitimately see it coming. And the thing is, too, I don't know how if I if we're just stupid because like uh, Chris Jury just got named the GM, I think, of the U.S. World Championship team, and again, they're leaning at. To Blashill being the coach again. This man has a phenomenal reputation around the league. I, for the life of me, do not know why, but we're in the minority who think he's a poor coach. I like when the what I'm gonna do to save myself the mental anguish and just the years of suffering is I'm I'm going to legitimately change my mindset to give Blashill the benefit of every doubt just so I can give myself some perspective. Cause maybe my own bias against him is now amplifying the issues I have with him. So I'm going to try yeah, to you're be st- objective. You're a stronger man than me. Oh no, don't be objective. Cause that'll get you right back to square one. <laughs> <sighs> I just, I like, look, look. Glenn Denning's on the second line right now. <laughs> I can't. Michael Rasmus is playing nine minutes a night. This is the man we're extending for a rebuild. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Objective. Look, uh, Jeff Blashill very clearly has a great reputation around the league. I, I like the way the guy, you know, you you listen to the way he talks and the way he says he approaches the team, and like you're like, yeah, I, I mean, I can understand. I'm not saying everything he does no. is poor. He he has his strength as his coach. I think the point we've been making the whole time is the flaws he has are so pronounced it's actually hurting the team. I do think he could be a good coach on another team in a different situation. Yeah. He'd probably be a really good assistant coach somewhere. Uh, honestly, 
I know nothing about coaching development, what it takes. I very clearly am not an expert on this. I'm sure he would be. And I'm sure that would be great for his development as a head coach. To me, Blashill just, it makes me feel, and this is, there's no qualifiable or quantifiable anything to this statement. It's just a gut feeling. He makes me feel like he has all of the bad parts of when Babcock was the coach and so few of the redeeming parts. Like Babcock is pretty polarizing and you don't have to extend far into Leafs fandom to see that. There are a lot of polls up right now asking for his head. Um, and that's and he took a shot at Dubis in the media not that long ago. Yes. And that's very that uh, for any Leafs fans or non Red Wings fans listening, that is a carbon copy of what happened in Detroit. Him and Holland very publicly butted heads over a lot of things from as small as Ryan Sproul to as big as Ryan Sproul. Yeah, no Nyquist. Um, But and that's what you get with Mike Babcock. But for for Jeff Blashill, I just feel like there's no puck that puck possession monster that Babcock built isn't there. The defensive responsibility that actually translate into a defensively responsible game isn't there. Um, the systems, the breakout, the the small nuances, a lot of that is lacking. The development of players to 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 Blashill's well, credit might be the wrong word, but Babcock did. A lot of players didn't love him, and that was that's fine. The difference is a lot of players didn't love Babcock, but they still played great hockey under him. You have to like somebody, but. You can definitely respect someone. Yeah, what was um, the old saying about Scotty Bowman? Yeah. You hated him for 364 days a year, but you loved him on the 365th because that was the day you were lifting the cup. Yeah. So, like, it's not so cut and dry where, yeah, no, I'm saying Blashell has no redeeming qualities. It's just what have we seen in the last four years that warrants this? What, what I legitimately think happened here, and, and, and this is going to oversimplify the statement, but I think Dylan Larkin saved Blashell's job. I think they look at the progression of Dylan Larkin as a hockey player and went, yes. They looked at Athanasiu, his uptick goal numbers this year, and went, see? Whereas I look at a lot of other players and I go, "Uh, yeah, these two guys progressed and that's great, but these are also elite talents. Whereas we look at another elite talent like Anthony Mantha, who hasn't progressed that much. Why? Michael Uh, Rasmussen couldn't find himself out of a wet paper bag right now. Yeah, Rasmussen's struggling. Uh, Cholosky struggled so much as after such a great start that he got sent to the Myers. Hironik's regression looks like it started the last couple games. If we're using the progression of a couple players to promote Blashill, the regression of nearly, uh, you could almost argue 80% of the team should also be on him then. Yeah. Because this team, and I'm going to repeat this, to death because it's the first thing people always throw at me. This team was going to suck no matter what Blashill did. But a lot of these players could be doing better. We did not... We, we Nobody loved the Abdul Kader contract when it was signed. He's fallen off a cliff. Nobody loved the Darren Helm contract when it was signed. He is regressing hard. Erickson's barely an NHL player. Trevor Daly's seen regression. I mean, you run through... Over the past... Under Blashill's tenure, how many players can you confidently say have progressed? Larkin, Athanasiu. It's important to know that Larkin and Athanasiu also had heavily underperforming years under Blashill yeah. as well. Bertuzzi, we'll give him Bertuzzi because he's progressed beyond what we thought. Yeah, Dekai- <laughs> look at what DeKaiser's done. Like, DeKaiser's been so up and down. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like DeKaiser, yeah. by all rights, just stopped progressing. Yes, a lot of the underlying numbers show that maybe his initial performance was mat like masked and, and not a reflection of how he truly was. But I don't know. DeKaiser fell off a cliff for, for some time. And, and, and then he inexplicably, inexplicably bounced back this year. Is that Blashill? Maybe. 
Might not be. We also Sounds have like we assist- can't ter- pull them either way. I know. It's, I just. How do you make this decision with, let's call a spade a spade here. The Eisenman, Eisenman's the elephant in the room. How do you allow this decision to happen? I, I guess, I, I mean, if you're the Illich, the Illiches, or the person making this decision in, in the upper administration, how do you sit there and say, no, Holland, don't extend Blashell yet because we need to see what's going to happen with Eisenman? Because they can fire him later. Yeah. yeah. Let's, not, let's not forget in Toronto, Randy Carlisle got fired a few months after signing an extension. The, it, the Coach's what, money left on the table is really inconsequential. No, and I don't think that's what they're worried about, but this is an organization that's very careful to not do things like that. I think, And I think the other thing they're thinking too, and, and this might be the one point that is fair to Blashill, is we've never given him a roster where we expect him to com- like compete. <laughs> when is that going to happen? So they might keep a, give him a two-year contract extension and say, okay, we know this year is also going to be bad, but the year after we expect to compete for a playoff spot. And if the team doesn't progress when the roster progresses or in a season where management deems this is a year we should start winning and they don't, then they might uh, ax Splash Hill and they'll be like, okay, well, we gave him a chance with the real team. It didn't happen. What are they going to ax him? I, I think, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I to me, this is just another. I like if you want me to create a, a crackpot conspiracy theory, consider this. Holland is very obviously pretty headstrong about wanting to still be a GM. Um, he was the reason Eiserman didn't get brought on initially because he refused to step out of the role. Um, and he to this day will say, I'm not worried about my job. I'm just, I want to be a GM. I'm going to do it as long as I can. And from all, what the hell is he going to say? Yeah. I'm worried that the darling of Detroit sports is coming back and going to take my job. No, not that, but he's also pretty aggressive when people ask him, he's like, no, like I'm the, I'm the GM. Like he's probably sick and tired of talking. I I will, I will fully sympathize with Holland on that one. I'm not saying he's wrong for that. No, no, no. I'm not saying he's wrong for that, but if that's how he is and the administration has a a thought to bring in Eisenman, they're not just going to say, Hey, yeah, Kenny, don't, hire Blash because that's pretty much a sign to Blash that says hey you're you got the boot what if come July 1st what if Steve Eisenman is not coming to Detroit what that's a very real possibility if you read Joe Smith's article I mean it puts a lot of seeds of doubt in my my mind I mean we all think it's gonna happen because we want it to happen and it would make too much sense for it not to happen but maybe the inner circle knows deep down that it's not my optimistic view on that scenario coupled with the Blashill scenario also fills me with sadness it's maybe Blashill has such a great reputation throughout the organization nobody's really pushing back against this so even if holland's not the guy steering forward ownership the rest of management's comfortable enough with him they're like yeah it's fine i think that's actually what reality is that that's probably what's going on it's occam's razor like it's the simplest solution everyone just loves Blashill. yeah everybody's everybody's a fan of Blashill, so cool even if kenny's not the guy the rest of us are good with him so let's roll with it Again, that gives me deep concern that the entire organization is, uh, in my opinion, not far off base, but we'll see. Again, to give the benefit of the doubt, there has been a lot of things this year that Blashill has adapted that he didn't have, didn't do in the past. Yeah, all right. I don't, <laughs> We're still second or third last in the uh, league. Don't, do not get me wrong. I still do not agree with the decision, but 
if he progressed a little bit this year, maybe he'll progress a little bit more next year and then a little bit more the year after that. You should probably be better than the players you are coaching. Oh. You sh- your progression progression should probably be ahead of theirs. You should probably be progressing a little bit faster than the inevitable heat death of the universe. That's that's my metric. It's I know a little bit crazy to couple, work that way. A couple way, hundred million years to wait. Still. Honestly, I think the temp the average temperature of the Earth has gone up faster. Again, memes for I'm 60 not, has not, but we're at an all-time high. I'm not optimistic. I'm just <laughs> saying. Just laid into Brad there for no reason. Brad? Yeah. What? 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 Why Brad? I don't know why Brad. <laughs> I was the one trying it. to take a somewhat optimistic oh. view there. Yeah. We don't like um, that here. <laughs> also, Evan, I don't like your truth about how we have to think about this Eisenman situation. I don't come here for truth. I mean, objectively, yeah, well, I do. That's why we do this podcast and talk in reality. Yeah, but it, it would, still hurts me. It would suck, absolutely, to not have Eisenman. It makes way too much sense, and the timing is too coincidental to not be a valid truth. Yeah, the the, the sad, sobering truth. And it, if it isn't real, then this sucks. Yeah. That all this happened at the same time. The reality is... That we're not going to have Steve, Steve Eisman on July 1st. It's because he's not going to show up at the rink until the home opener. Into which case, he parades out to an announcement for the opening face-off of the opening game. That we're welcoming, welcoming him back as the GM as he's walking out with Dylan Larkin C in his hand. I think the, world, the Detroit <laughs> world would implode. I would probably just delete my Twitter account. Like, my work here is done. I have nothing else to live for. I have. I'm ascending into the ethereal plane. I'll see you all in Just hell. Steve Eisenman in a suit and welcome the newest GM of the Detroit Red Wings, Steve Eisenman. He walks out with a thing of gorilla glue and a white C. Dylan Larkin just skates up for the face off and he smacks it. Bare chested, <laughs> logo painted on him. Yep, and they're and they're playing Tampa Bay and just for funsies, Eisenman rips the C off Stamkos' jersey just because he can. <laughs> Are the C's... Oh, yeah, I guess the C would have to be. It yeah. doesn't matter. Eisman will get it off. He'll do it. Um, yeah, again, we'll talk a little bit. There's going to be a ton of Eisman talk heading into the end of the year. Do go read that Joe Smith article, because then you'll you'll see what I said about, you know, it's, the advisor role has been great for Eisman. But, I mean, small bit of uh, optimism because it's a convenient reality. Yeah, we, if he likes the advisor role in Tampa, it'd be even better in Detroit. This You're is closer. true. But I would colder. take. I, I would honestly, at this point, be satisfied with Eisenman as an advisor for a year. Same, yep. And, same and, and on behalf of the the Red Wings organization, Stevie, whatever uh, Tampa's paying you, will triple it. Bob Nicholson, can you please just offer Ken Holland like ten million dollars a year, please, please, <laughs> please do it. Just have Connor McDavid call him. Hi, you have one of me now. <laughs> Okay, but honestly, if you're a coach or a GM, is not th- is that not most the attract that is that not the it? most attractive Didn't job? Didn't a couple in the months ago we had uh, an OT question: Would you rather have the Oilers or the Seattle GM job? And I said Edmonton simply because I, I start with a Connor McDavid. Yeah, I can make that work. Might not be right away, but I can make that work. Might be a cold, desolate, barren wasteland, but at least you have a Connor McDavid. Yeah, if that if if you take Detroit as they are right now, I'm not saying we want to get rid of Larkin, but if you replace. Dylan Larkin with Connor McDavid. How far ahead in the rebuild are you already? Let's move on to a little bit of standings talk. We already mentioned no. Detroit's third last in the league. Um, the uh, playoff race is heating up in the West, actually. So Colorado is, is making a push. Um, <laughs> Go figure on Sunday. I say it's pretty much down to a nine-team race, and Colorado's just like, 
Wait. Yeah, they're they're only five and five in their last ten, but um, <laughs> everybody else is probably like three, six, and one. They had a huge win against Minnesota, who's the only team between them and uh, a wild card spot. Well, I mean, they're two two teams back from the wild card spot. Minnesota right behind Arizona for the second wild card spot. Uh, but yeah, Colorado has a good shot. So Dallas, Arizona, Minnesota, and Colorado are, are the ones really fighting there. St. Louis is technically competing with Dallas for the third seed in the Central, but they'll probably hold true. Dallas and St. Louis, I think, are probably comfortable at this point um, to say they're going to be playoff teams. If Ari- I would honestly be thrilled if Arizona made it. Oh, I would love it. They're basically the Tucson Roadrunners at this point, and they're still holding a playoff spot. The Roadrunners came out with their own Kachina jerseys. I saw that. More Kachina, the world has the better. It's Kachina with more purple, and I'm a fan. I've never been more wrong about anything before the Kachina jerseys. Or what do you mean? Because I, I initially didn't like him. Growing up, I didn't like oh. him. And then they came back, and I was just like, oh, how was I so wrong about this? You were young and naive. I was. I was young and stupid. Uh, let's do a mock draft simulator, because right now Detroit has the third best uh, chance at uh, winning the draft lottery. So we're going to sim this once. And, uh, oh, wow. Detroit is one of the three winners at number two. So number one is Jersey, number two is Detroit, and number three is uh, Colorado by way of Ottawa. And then L.A., Anaheim, New York, uh, the Oilers, uh, Buffalo, Vancouver, and Chicago. Evan, you want to go first? Who does uh, Jersey take number one? Yep. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. All right. Brad, number two for Detroit. Caco. Capo Caco. Uh, are you okay? I've got an eyelash in my eye right now, and it That's hurts like hell. Wow. Uh, Colorado will take Vasily Podkolzin at number three. Evan, number four, LA will take... Uh, Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc, Centerman. Uh, Brad, number five, Anaheim. Zegris. Trevor Zegris, uh, committed to Boston University. Uh, number six, the Rangers will take Dylan Cousins of Lethbridge. Uh, seven, Edmonton. Um, they'll take Bowen Byram. Uh, number eight, Buffalo. Brad? Alex Turcutt. Number nine, Vancouver will take uh, Peyton Krebs. And number 10, Chicago. They'll take Philip Broberg. Philip Broberg. Did no one take Broberg? No. Yeah. Broberg. Right. Broberg's barely hanging on to top 10 in a lot of mocks at this point. Speaking of mocks, I, you guys might have covered this, but uh, Sportsnet had Kako above Hughes. Yeah, that take alert. Where's the cowbell? I saw that. <laughs> yeah, where's the where's there the Home Depot hot take? Hot take. There we go. <laughs> um, I saw the justification for that, and it was pretty much if Kako can play center, then he would be. But I'm like, that's a pretty big if. And a lot, and a lot of the comparisons of the players they made are not players you would take first overall. Barkov, maybe. Yeah, I don't. Again, there's a if a team takes Capo Kako first overall. It's not like this is a year where we're like, oh, yeah, okay, that's what they wanted. Maybe not the pick you'd make, but sure. Um, he's up there. It's, yeah, he's, he's not that far behind Jack Hughes. It's Hughes, then Kako, then a big gap, and then everybody else. Everybody else. So for sure, but the, the thought of like if Capo Kako was different, then he'd be first overall, and that's why we were ranking him first. I don't know. Does he have a history of playing center? Would he be an effective center? Had- he can. He has. Not for long stretches, but yeah, I... Well, even at that, you look at Jack Hughes is the USNTDP's all-time leading scorer. Now think of the players who have come through that program. Matthews, Eichel, Keller, Kessel. Hughes is the all-time leader. Come on. And he's only been getting better as the years progressed. It's 
It's this Kako two is one of those things where people put too much weight onto one moment. Because Kako, uh, one of the things they cited, or one of the people that was talking about Kako said, yeah, he scored the gold medal winning goal in the World Juniors. Well, yeah, that's amazing, but I'm going to take a year's worth of work, two years worth of work over a really nice goal scored in one scenario. Didn't Hughes like hit the post on a potential game? I think goal? he even had an assist in that game. I Again, I'm not saying like this will definitively end with Hughes as number one. I'm excited to dive more into this as as the season peters off. The Detroit has nine games left. Um, it might end up where at least one of us says, oh, yeah, Kako should go first. But as of right now, I don't know. That was kind of, to me, that was more just like title grabby by, by Sportsnet. I wasn't just getting those clicks and the ad revenue. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Silly pod calls in number one. First overall. Here's why. It's just the cowbell. It's like, if Vasily Pod Colson was American and put up X amount of points in the US NDDB, he would be first overall. Um, the Some quick hits. Uh, Brad Marchand was voted both the best and worst trash talker in the league. That seems appropriate. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I guess that was my only quick hit. Yeah, well, Any other quick hits? Pretty one best, best mascot by a landslide. Oh, yeah. Who's that, that's not you know? even up for debate. The fact that it wasn't unanimous, I'm a little like insulted. Uh, it was probably the other... Might have Mascot's been a ranked voting, ballot. Voting against him. Uh, we're going to head over to uh, Overtime, which of course is brought to us uh, by our Patreon supporters, whose comments are the only ones read out during Overtime uh, on these midweek episodes. So, oh man, 13 of you. You guys got in on this. So we are going to start off with Kwas, who says, so nine games ago, Athanasiu only needs, nine games to go, Athanasiu only needs two goals and Larkin only needs three to hit 30. Sure would like that to be our silver lining from this season. March Madness is here, and I have a feeling we're going to have a very boring Final Four. But if you had to take a non-one seed to the Final Four, who are you taking and why? Texas Tech! Really? Yep, and I'm not telling you why, because I don't want you to change your bracket. I think I had Auburn, just because just, I had I originally had like 1-1-1-2 one, 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 in my Final Four, and I was like, that's boring. I really like Houston. I don't think Kentucky has an easy road out of their, their, uh, their region. I like Houston. Auburn's maybe. in that region, right? Yep. That region is hella tough, and so is Dukes. Dukes is real tough. Yeah, but I Zion. don't know who to take over them or Michigan State. I'm stuck on that one. But Zion. It took me three hours to do my bracket today. <laughs> oh, man, don't do that. Don't my best brackets, and I, like, I've gotten lucky with a couple brackets. Like They've done really well. I made them in like six minutes. Yeah, don't be. I, I've got one other group with my friends. That's my hot take bracket. When can we change them until? Up until 11.45 tomorrow, but I would highly recommend not looking at it tomorrow morning. Yeah. Don't look at it tomorrow morning. I might change my I might change my final four, and I don't say it out loud. Somebody eats ba- a strip of bacon tomorrow. It screws. People start changing their, their brackets, so it's best to just... Is, is there still that billion-dollar prize? Warren Buffett put it up, but I don't know if he is this I don't year. Know. There's a million-dollar bracket this year, but... million bucks for the pants. most statistical, statistically improbable thing I don't put on pants for a million bucks. No. Brad? Uh, because I'm a Bills fan, I follow a lot of Buffalo Twitter, and they seem really big on you, Buffalo, so yeah. I'm just going to go with that. Buffalo's think... a solid sleeper team, too. So yeah. is Nevada. I've heard a lot of really good things, so that's, that's going to be my pick. Uh, Ryan Brad, just because your Michigan fans isn't a valid reason, saying they have the best defensive efficiency is, however, is a valid reason. I think Michigan's that, hardest game is their first one. Who do they have? I don't know. Doesn't matter. But it's <laughs> the more time Jim Bayline or Beeline has to to prepare for single teams, the harder they're going to be to beat. Oh man, Evan winning over the hearts of Michigan fans everywhere. 
I don't have them in my final four, but oh, <laughs> but I I like them. I like them a lot. I my my bracket imploded last year. Michigan was the only team that kept me going. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about the tournament. All the teams are super close. Uh, the top teams maybe not so much this year, but um, uh, anybody's got a chance in 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 the March Madness. That's why people like it. Uh, John Evans says hello, gentlemen. Greetings from Ohio. Was curious to know your thoughts on a, on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, I want one so badly. I have. You have one? Yeah. Ugh. It's the only console I would ever buy Ugh. ever again. I want it so badly. I got it when it was like still super hard to get, and I was on this website where it tell it every minute it refreshes the inventory of a bunch of sites, and if I didn't buy it in thirty seconds, it would be gone. And I got, I somehow got one. I was like, holy shit! I actually bought two and sold one. I ended up refunding it because none of my friends wanted one at the time. Um, oh, you offered it to me, and I said no. Yeah, I offered it to literally six or seven people. No one wanted it. Pokemon but- Sword and Shield are coming out. Yeah. <sighs> It's worth it. They have the best. Oh, that's not what I need to hear. Man. Best games. I the can't. best games I played last year were Breath of the Wild, Odyssey, and that was it. Man, Those the, are the two best games I played last year. Apex Legends Battle Pass just came out. Not a good Battle Pass, by the way. It's like kind of bummed out by it. But still, I love Apex, and I don't have time for much else. I have to shave at some point throughout the week, and I'm pretty. I considered even just cutting that and growing out the beard completely. Nice thing about the switches, you can just pick it up and go if you need if you want shut up man that, that's even worse because then you how much can pick it up right and now? go 3.99 oh no games are 100 bucks 100 bucks i think they're 79.99 whoa yeah a tiny little thing let me tell you though the hours you put into those games i've done dumber things with 100 bucks <laughs> you know what we I'm don't we don't do need we don't things. need that list of no. <laughs> about to do dumber things with 100 bucks this weekend <laughs> Uh, he goes, uh, or John Evans continues to say, I recently got one that feels juvenile, especially playing it somewhere in public, like on a plane, but I can't help but love finally being able to have access to, stra- have access to strategy games since I don't own a PC and I travel for work a lot. So portability is next to godliness for me. I completely get it. Ugh. Uh, so Justin Kalinsky says, so Ryan is back. Damn. I enjoyed Brad having control of the pod and some ghosts that the mic kept picking up. Ooh. Anyways, I sometimes miss the old podcast conversations we used to have. Uh, also forgot to fill up my bracket, so go me. Was it, is it too late to enter? Uh, wait, if no, you can do your bracket until tomorrow at eleven forty-five. That's when I think it it closes. But if you need an invite, message me on Twitter. Yeah, DM Evan. Cause if I think this, you if you haven't listened to this <laughs> by then, <laughs> uh, I sent out a thing on Twitter this afternoon. Anyway. Um, anyway, remember that it's best to stand up and wipe than to sit. Ryan, I hope you enjoyed looking at my sister's dog. Cute dog. Oh, God, the ears on that dog. Dog. Relax. Um, and following me on the tweet tweet. John Schultz says, hello, gents. A couple random thoughts. So I've learned uh, a lot more about the junior hockey landscape since listening to the podcast. And last pod, you mentioned looking forward to watching the bloodbath between Kitcher and Guelph on TV. What got me thinking as a non-professional sports uh, as non-professional sports go, is junior hockey to Canada as college football is to the USA? That was a question. No. No, no not, college football is a religion. Yes, but not to the same extent. Like, if you get in a... It's like in college football, where if you're in a college town, the whole town goes nuts for it. Like, Kitchener, they're all in on the Rangers, but it, it's nowhere near to the extent that It's still pretty mild. Is. Like, there's yeah. a little epicenter of, of the region that is into Kitchener, but I wouldn't say it's 
fanatical everywhere that on Friday night you go to the Rangers game. Well, every game does sell out, like the Rangers do yeah. sell out. But uh, yeah, no, it's not like there's viewing parties around town for Rangers games or anything like no. that. Uh, the one of the biggest stadiums in the world is a college football stadium in Michigan. Yeah, that's all. You that need sums to know. it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, which and then he says, which by the way, go Irish. Michigan can suck it disagree uh however we can both agree that ohio state is the worst so that whole common enemy makes us friends thing right absolutely ohio state is the worst thank you for and rudy was a good movie was a good movie um so i thought it would be a good idea to take up uh goalie at the age of 45 to be a better coach to my son oh god oh my heart bless your groin. <laughs> i've coached it for over two years and i've demonstrated the movements in player skates with no gear but pulling that off with 50 pounds of equipment on you is a completely different animal have you guys ever taken a turn between the pipes? Yeah, it's hard. And you're you're if you're a goalie, you're nuts. Except for John, your son, future Red Wing. Keep I've, it up. I've actually done it in pond hockey relatively recently. <laughs> it's I'll, I'll toot my own horn. I was better than I thought, but Christ, I was bad. <laughs> it's uh, certainly an artwork of moving around the net. It is a lot harder than it looks. Yeah, like the fundamentals I had down, but like that lateral movement. As to soon do as it I smoothly, needed to move side gone. to side, it's... I was hopeless. But you no. know, if I could just stand there and take shots, everything was okay. I just adapted that every time it went like three feet to my left, just a Tim Thomas two arm dive. Yeah, yeah, I was all over the map. Um, and then he says, lastly, Murphy is still terrible. Man, a lot of hate for Larry Murphy. Man, I was I was actually paying close attention to him during the Rangers broadcast. Uh, not great, Bob. There, there, there was times he just pointed out the audio, and I just looked at Crystal, and I just yelled, thanks, Murph. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, it's not that he says anything that's, that's, uh, that's dumb or wrong. It's, he points out the obvious a little way too often. <laughs> um, Rowan says, welcome. Oh, I forgot about this. Uh, welcome back. Of, uh, welcome back, winner of the recent popularity contest and people's favorite, Ryan. Uh, we uh, hope that you... was because he was the propaganda campaign he was running for you on his feed was what we, did that. We hope you enjoyed New York City. Also, hello to the runners up of the aforementioned definitive popularity contest. Welcome, uh-huh. gentlemen. On Rowan's timeline. Uh, Ryan, what would you say gave you the edge in your recent campaign over what's his name and the other bloke? The fact it was on Rowan's timeline. Uh, I think it was um, truly just the heart of the people and the uh, the will of the nation. Winning both the popular vote and the uh, electoral college was really People love an underdog huge. story. <laughs> Yeah. It was pretty much the movie Rudy. Yeah. That played that played out. Uh questions for and this is a Just little... remember when you count mine and Evan's votes, a majority of the people did not pick you. Oh, oh, we're doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing first past the post now, are we? <laughs> There was no majority <laughs> government here. Uh <laughs> should have been a ranked ballot. <laughs> Oh man! I uh, think when you actually break down the regions, me and Evan won the electoral college, or one of us did. Like, oh, congratulations! You, we you had some, New York City. We had the rest of the country. You carried the Bible Belt. Good for you. <laughs> we did some severe gerrymandering. Yeah. Uh, that was the best politics we've ever done this show. <laughs> um, the only politics we've done where we didn't offend half our listeners. Uh, the, we have a little bananas and pajamas reference here. Questions for B1 and B2. What do you think you could have done better, and where did you lose the votes? Um, we put it on Rowan's timeline instead of a proper <laughs> timeline. Um, can we get the results of the poll made into some Winged Wheel podcast merchandise? I hereby give you permission to use the screenshot, and I'm open to buying multiples as giveaways for the last game of the season. There we get, what, 20,000-plus listens a month, and that poll didn't even get 200 votes? Hmm. Just uh, just throwing that out there. Oh, we're at about twenty 
five twenty six thousand listens a month, just about. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, good to know. So the hockey, so hockey's still going, huh? Uh, hit me with that Zegers versus Cousins debate, since draft is more interesting than the Ooh, remaining game. Question: Who do you got and why? Okay, I actually love this question because I'm torn on these two guys constantly. Cousins has the better raw tools, better skater, better shot, um, more of a dynamic player, but Zegers has stronger hockey IQ. And that's my number one trait. And it's not that his skills are light years behind Cousins. It's close. And it's not that Cousins has poor hockey IQ. It's just, mm, that's going to be one of the most fascinating debates in the draft. Because I think one of those, those are going to be the first two centers to come off the board after Hughes. Um, Man, yeah. Right now, I think I'm leaning Zegris. But that could, that's going to flip-flop day by day at this point. Um. Jersey time. It looks like Carolina, Car- or Carolina. Uh, Calgary are moving. This to is their- your god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Calgary are moving to their alternate full or alternate jerseys full time. I know, I know, it's Arizona, but still play along. Uh, I love the fact that Calgary are using their retros throughout the whole playoffs, and I hope they wisen up and use those as a home away set next year. Yep. That's the only answer. Correct. Uh, Marissa says, since the this or that game was a relative success, let's play uh, yay or nay. Just say yay or nay for the following. If you say yes or no instead of yay or nay, you're disqualified. <laughs> Pineapple on pizza. Yay. Yay. And disqualified. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not. No strong opinion. Christmas music before December. Yay. Nay. Nay. Starts November for me. Uh, subtitles on movies. Yay. I can't speak German. <laughs> so, okay, to clarify the question. Movies in your native language, I'm sure. So, subtitles or the crappy English dubbed over audio? No, no, that, subtitles. That's what I mean. We're asking, would you like, rather have... The movie's in English, but you still have subtitles. Oh, oh nay. Hey. Sometimes they speak quietly. Sometimes Turn the volume up, then, you pleb. Sometimes it's in the deep south, and you don't know what they're saying. Anime. Nay. 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 Not because I think it's bad. I'm just not into it. Uh, audiobooks. Nay. Yay. It's a good way to listen to some books. Nay. Uh, cold pizza. Yay. Nay. Nay. Whoa. Camping. Yay. Yay. Nay. Yeah, we know. <laughs> I hate spiders. <laughs> 3D movies. Nay. No. Bad. I'm not wearing your dumb glasses and having a headache. Nay. I'm going to, I'm going to go nay. All right. I'll say yay only yeah. because it works for some, but 90% don't. Waking up early. Love to do it. Wish I could. (laughs) (laughs) Yay to Ryan's comment. Yeah. (laughs) Cilantro. Nay. Yay. I love cilantro. I have that genetic thing. It tastes like soap to me. It's called your palate. Nay. No, I I try. Once a year, I'm like, maybe it's just my palate. Yeah, there you go. Once a year. No. This is one of those segments YouTube's going to really convey my apathy to some of these because I'm just like right in the middle of don't care. Uh, country music. Nay. Nay. I, I, I'm I, a hard nay, and I have to go to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> I like a lot of I like a lot of country songs, but just like the average country song today. The same people who lo- I oftentimes I hear a lot of people who love country music saying, "Oh, like all the rap sounds the same. It's just all like mumbling country to me." Music is rap for white people. Honestly, like just yeah, there's not. Old country music, for sure. Crystal and her family love country music. I've been around it a lot. It's awful. I'm very open-minded with music. Trap rap and country are the two I can't do. I feel like if you all. found the true version of both, you could probably find some listenability to it. But 
the commercialized Average. versions yeah. is oh. Have you, have you ever seen Bo Burnham's yes. uh, song yes. Pandarin yes. on YouTube? Yes. yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, horror movies. Yay. 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 I'm going to see Us tomorrow. Do you guys, uh, do you say The Haunting of Hill House? Did you watch that? I have not. On Netflix? Oh, you're in for a good one. Spooky. Yeah. Real good. Mel doesn't do horror, so we should Neither work. does Catherine, yeah. and she couldn't put it down. Oh, really? Yeah. I like horror, but when it's just too many jump scares, I get irritated. It's not. This one's not. And Fantastic. In this show, there is like um, a, a dead person or a ghost or some supernatural form in almost every, like in every episode, and you miss it all the time. And if you go back and watch it, you'll see it again. Interesting. Like, holy shit. Um, you know what would be brilliant if they, if Netflix had some sort of capacity that it actually wasn't there the first time you watched it and it only went in on the second watch? That there? actually would be brilliant. I don't, I don't know if that's even possible. Oh, for sure there is. Uh, surprise parties for yourself. Like, you don't plan it, but like you, someone threw you a surprise party. Nay. Nay, I hate it. And Crystal's done it. If you say yay, does that make you... I know, like, I, I'm like, oh, that sounds like a nice thing. I mean, I like being around all my friends and, yeah. like, not having any plans. Then all of a sudden they're there. I'm like, yeah, this is nice, but nay. I'll I, say yay. I'll take that bullet. As much as it sounds backwards, given who I am as a person, I actually hate being the center of attention in scenarios like that. I hate it. Yeah. I don't I mind don't being, like, do the hands. focal point of attention, like, do. talking on a podcast or, like, giving a presentation. Like, that's... There's a function behind it, a purpose, and that's great. And I don't mind being the center of attention in scenarios like that. But if it's because of me or something I did or just celebrate, no, it's weird. I hate it. Uh, sushi. Yay. 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 Uh, Connor Baker says, hey, guys, love the pod. Nay. I'm originally. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. I didn't say that question was over. <laughs> Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast family, Connor. <laughs> Yay. Uh, if Evan has no further role in this podcast other than just saying yay or nay for the next five years, I'm like don't Julius give him. Caesar, I no. do thumbs up and thumbs down. This is a podcast. I say yay or nay. Do not enable that. Uh, he says, I'm originally from Grand Rapids, but live in Wisconsin, so <sighs> it's nice to have a source of wings news out here in Cheesehead Land. Simple question for you. Who do you see potentially making the All-Star Game next year from the wings, and who will be our designated representative? Uh, thanks for the great content. Uh, Larkin and that, Larkin. Yeah, that list starts and ends at, at Larkin. <laughs> yeah, Athens, you might get some consideration. And uh, if Jimmy sees the same amount of rubber next year, he'll get some consideration. But no, it's Larkin. Oh, I, I realized I missed a part of John Schultz's comment. He said, it was weird hearing Evan so much with Ryan gone, but he wasn't terrible. Perhaps if wow. you take away his phone, he'll be more participatory when Ryan's present. Wow, we should you. start doing that, taking away Evan's phone. <laughs> uh, Adam Flett says Athens U has been dropped as a center option and I agree with that however uh, who does that leave us at the center position um, second, Lark- wing, second line center uh, Glenn Denning Larkin has first then what Nielsen Luke Glenn Denning and Dilla Rose yeah that's three fourth line centers okay so if we're talking short term answer yeah you're screwed uh, if we're talking long term answer um, Joe Valeno who's having a fantastic... I think he actually finished as the highest points per game in the queue this year. Um, and I, based on the way this draft shakes out, if Detroit's picking anywhere but second or third, I think they're going center. So Yeah, I agree. So I, I think that the long-term solution won't be an issue. But yeah, in the short term, man, there's not a lot there. It's Larkin... Rasmussen is not built for center. Athens is just realistically not built for center, although I still think part of me thinks he he could, but he's better suited to the wing. Keep him where he's successful. 
Yeah, I just there's there's not a lot to work with right now. Uh, suppose only question is uh, of who the free agents at center do you make a run at? Uh, oh, Duchesne is obviously, but who else? I don't. Nobody else. There's nobody else that's worth throwing money at long term at on. Uh, glad Ryan is back as he answers back to Brad. If only to play devil's advocate, it's better than the last show's loving. Oh, did you guys get uh, a little we, frisky last episode? We didn't. We didn't disagree on a lot. Ah, uh, well. That's why I hate you both. Uh, Connor Jager says, uh, hey, guys, I'm pretty sure Evan talked more last episode than all last year's episodes combined. Get to know that the pod is better depth than the wings. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> well, this, I think the summer went for about five months. So uh, just half about. the year is gone right there anyway. Um, NHL rule change. If a team takes a penalty with less than two minutes left in the period or game, play continues until the end of that power play. Teams would have to kill the full penalty to get through the period or finish the game. Kind of similar to extra time in soccer. That'd be cool. That actually, I don't hate that. Okay, so it's good and bad. So this is a very, very specific problem to have, but I think people underestimate the difference between fresh ice and ice with 30 seconds left in a period. So yeah, you get that whistle in there that's a little inconvenient, but then you're also starting the next period on a fresh sheet of ice when you're looking to make a lot of clean passes. It does affect it. Now, I know statistically that whistle is more disadvantaged, uh, more of a disadvantage, but... Whistles are time for more commercials and more money. And also, the coach, with a good coach, can game plan for the, whatever, 36 seconds you have left in your power play or whatever it is, so... Love is all about whistles. Little Bo Burnham call? No? All right. Nope. Uh, Nothing. I just think it's kind (laughs) of useless uh, when a team goes on the power play with 10 seconds left in the game. Uh, as always, keep up the good work. Thank you, Connor. Scott Otouche, who I believe is a new patron. So welcome to the Wing Wheel Podcast family, and thank you for your support, Scott. Do I need uh, to invite him to the March Madness? Uh, maybe. maybe. I don't know. We'll you're, the, you're in charge of that. Uh-oh. Ask Evan. That's what Uh-oh. I've been telling everyone. Uh, he says, extremely pleased with the new Howard contract. The pessimist in me is now worried about what the next Athenaeus CU deal looks like. Uh, well, I mean, he's on a two-year deal, right? Yeah. So, so if next year he continues to keep this up, then you pay him, yeah. If he scores 30 again next year, well, not that he's guaranteed to score 30 this year, but if he gets around 30 again next year and they want to pay him $5, 6000000 million a year long-term, fantastic. <laughs> uh, Chad Avina says, I'm sure you guys will already talk about this before overtime, but why is Howard's deal only for one year? Is Howard considering retirement or are they concerned about him aging? Uh, the latter. You can't. Yeah. Um, Pretty much, the but the way the deal should have gone based on common wisdom is um, low-term, high money, because Howard still is performing, or two to three years, and then he takes a smaller cap hit. Uh, the Red Wings slash Ken Holland got the best of both worlds. So, yeah, yeah it's this is a good, good, good contract. Yeah, and, and not that it would happen, and the odds are one in a billion, but hypothetically, if Philip Larson just goes insane at the University of Denver next year, or, or Eliason, or whoever, turns out to be a little... Uh, ready earlier than we thought well then you don't have to keep dragging uh him along or whatever because there's two goalies in the way not yeah. it that's not gonna be an issue but hey it's always nice to have flexibility just in case or even if there's a trade at the deadline next year and one of the returns detroit gets on whoever they trade away is a young goalie like let's say a john gillies out of calgary who's a lot closer to being ready so it, it in professional sports, it's always good to have options. And Detroit's keeping theirs wide open with one-year contracts. 
and then his last question was, or is Holland getting ready for his exit and trying to leave as much flexibility for Eisman as possible? Yeah, no. For a guy who's about to extend Jeff Blaschel, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Ryan Avina, who I believe is... A, yep, here it is. Uh, gentlemen, just signed up for Patreon, and the first thing I'd like to say is thank you for all the great content. I look forward to this podcast and appreciate all your hard work. Thank you so much, Ryan. Amazing name, and welcome to the Wing Wheel <laughs> Podcast family. He says, quick fan origin story. Uh, my family and I live in California and are diehard uh, Wings fans. Back when we got into hockey about 25 years ago, my brother played on a team with Chelios' kids. He called Gretzky a ballerina and Fedorov a Russian ballerina. I believe he was on the Hawks still, but upon his going to Detroit, we followed him and fell in love with the team. It was the right call. Oh, man. That's hysterical about Chelios. It doesn't surprise me at all knowing what we know about him. Yeah. Uh, as for the draft lottery, as you mentioned, the bottom teams need the pick. Hence, being at the bottom, they suck. Most tankathons I run has one or two teams jumping up 8 to 11 spots into the top three. What if the lottery got broken up into two parts? Top five and then six to 15. Keeps the lottery excitement alive and doesn't guarantee a full-on tank. Uh, gets you the top pick, but at least keeps the top players going to the worst teams. Sorry for the long first, uh, long-winded first comment. Keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. Because then you'd see some ultra tanking from the teams hovering between four and eight towards the end of the season to get into that top five. The more I think about it, the more I think that you and some combination of you and Evan was objectively right. What? The world is ending, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> Take cover. I don't feel good saying that, <laughs> but that's that's more of what I believe. Um. However, what I believe more than that still is that uh, the league won't change it. Nope. I know they won't. Um, that's it. And uh, I'm not going to do my long-winded comment on how to support the show because that's coming in the outro. But I would like to thank um, all of our uh, name-level sponsors from Patreon. Uh, Sky Carcass, Arjun Shanker, Clayton Van Dyken, uh, Mike Reed, Langabeer, Kalen Wood, Charlie Elkins, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, Dan Bell, and Hannah Lee. Thank you all so much. Um, yeah, the uh, listen to the new outro. She says a lot of important things, and uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.